Welcome to the podcast, Earning Admission, with your host, Greg Kaplan, preparing teens for college, life, and career by helping them craft their bright future. This podcast series is for parents who feel lost and scared in the admission process and are looking for expert advice on how to prepare their kids with less stress. Greg is the author of the best-selling book, Earning Admission, available on Amazon and also at earningadmission.com, as well as the new free prep app artists available on iTunes and Google Play with weekly prompts specific to your students' goals. Learn more at artistscollege.com. Welcome, listener. I'm Greg Kaplan, and today we are going to be talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, which is about failing forward. But before we get into that, as always, uh, let's do a little round of introductions. So I'm Greg Kaplan, and I'm the author of Earning Admission, Real Strategies for Getting into Highly Selective Colleges. I'm also the founder of the Artist College app, the first app that provides customized weekly college admissions advice that is tailored to a student's interests, activities, and goals. I'm also joined by my co-host, Becky Harrington. Hi. Well, Greg and I were super excited because we just uh, finished a four-part series that was basically going um, class by class uh, through the high school year. So we did incoming freshmen, incoming sophomores, incoming juniors, incoming seniors. And as we were preparing for the senior episode, we were talking a little bit about how you know, senior year is that time where you kind of like, you're finally on top, you're the upperclassman of the school. And it's also usually when you finally get the courage to take on um, some activities and maybe some leadership roles that maybe you were too afraid to do when you were an underclassman. And how different just that mindset of being a senior is compared to being that little freshman who is like shaking in their boots and kind of twiggy and like scared of everything that was going on. Um, and rather than just have it be a little antidote in the 12th grade episode, we decided that this, um, idea of kind of failing forward was something that we wanted to take into a full episode. Um, because it's so important as part of uh, the development into getting into college, but also thriving into college and thriving into your, to your career. Um, so here's what, here's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about taking risks. We're going to be talking about failure. <laughs> we're going to be talking about confidence. Um, and we're going to be talking about success. Um, and so in order to do that, we felt like we had to really go back to 14-year-old Becky and Greg. Uh, so again, as always, whether you're a parent or a student, welcome to the show. You can always find out more about what we're talking about by going to uh, earningadmission.com or artistscollege.com. Um, you can join our fi- private Facebook group. Just click on the show description of whatever app you're using to listen to this or go to um, one of our websites to learn more about our services. But we're going to get right into a story. Um, when I was a freshman, I was so insecure and I really didn't see that I had any talent. Um, and I, had lots of, I, I loved kind of being uh, an orator. Obviously, this is how Becky became 
a podcaster. <laughs> Today I'm going to record <laughs> six podcasts, believe it or not. Um, and so, but I, I really didn't think I was good enough. And the school that I went to had one of the best speech and debate programs. They constantly were coming back from nationals with multiple winners. And I, you know, went and watched some of these people and I thought there's no way I would ever be good enough to be able to um, participate in that. So I just was like, I'm not even going to try out because I just already had in my mind decided that I wasn't good enough. I also really was a natural leader. Um, basically from birth. I think I came out like telling my mom what I was going to do with my life. But again, I was at a really competitive school in a really like kind of uh, wealthy area of Southern California. And I didn't feel like I was popular enough to try out for stu student leadership. I couldn't even imagine going through an election and then having nobody vote for me because I didn't, I just had no confidence in myself. And so I didn't end up actually participating in any of these things until my junior year of high school. And it was only because uh, one of the teachers came up to me and said, Becky, you're really, really good at this and you should try out for the speech and debate team. And basically kind of said, you're guaranteed a spot here. <laughs> and that was the only reason I had enough courage to try out is because I was guaranteed a spot. And the same thing happened for, um, I was the ASB vice president, but the only reason I did it is because nobody else wanted to go against me. <laughs> so I was guaranteed the spot. All I had to do was make a few buttons and some posters and do a speech and nobody was running against me. So I have, I voted for myself. I went, I won. And so I literally, I was, I started out in the world as a risk taker who only took risks if I was guaranteed the outcome that I desired, um, which is very different from who I am today. So Greg, why don't you tell our listeners about 14 year old Greg? Yeah, 14-year-old Greg, it's funny. 14-year-old Greg sounds a lot like 14-year-old Becky. And maybe that's why we ended up on a podcast together. Um, you know what? My story's a little different, though, with the same outcome. And I think that's the really interesting to think about it. 14-year-old uh, Greg, which is the same as 30-plus-year-old Greg, which was the same as 2-year-old Greg, was I was willing to take any risk. Um, but sometimes it would take multiple chances to get it done. So um, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, and coincidentally enough, Becky and I grew up in the same part of Southern California, probably about 10, 15 miles away, um, I wanted to run for a student council position where we would sit on my public high school district school board. Um, there was three high school students that got to be on the school board. It was um, they were kind of non-voting members, but they would sit there and it was just a really cool thing. I've always been interested in government. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why I went to law school, which <laughs> is another example of taking a risk where it just doesn't work out, but it ends up working out in the long term. Uh, but I, as a sophomore, ran for a position that only juniors were supposed to run for. And my thought was, who cares? Uh, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to campaign really hard. And I went to high school with 4,400 kids. So I can't tell you the number. Well, even when I graduated, the number of people I still didn't know in my high school, in my class. But uh, sophomore year, I 
put myself out there, um, did some really like crazy skits for the student council election presentation and lost. And um, I was shocked when I lost because I, I thought I had done such a good job campaigning. But I ran the following year and won and got that seat on the school board. It ended up being an experience that I wrote about for my college application, something that I still think about because it was just so interesting and um, really like something I'm really proud of uh, to this day. And so I think when I look back at 14 year old self is that something that my mom continues to tell me is, you know, keep trying, keep at it. It's going to happen eventually. So I failed the first time, but picked myself back up and ran again and won. And that's, I think of my story, something that I've never lost, which is I don't always get it right the first time and I'm perfectly happy with that and I'm proud of myself every time that I fail, pick myself up and try again. So obviously we started out in this world kind of in different ways. You know, Greg's the I'll take any risk and I don't care, but I don't I don't get the outcome. Becky's the well, I will absolutely take that risk as long as you can guarantee me the outcome that I desire. Um, which is, you know, at, at Greg hasn't changed as much, but I've changed a lot more in, in that I am a huge risk taker um, now in my life. And I, I do, I think, go through bouts. I had a five-year stint of working in publishing, and I really liked my job, and I learned a lot there, but I wasn't taking any big risks um, when I was there. I was kind of like playing it safe and comfortable with my um, situation. I kind of had lost my entrepreneurial mindset at that point in time. Um, but at, but both, uh, Greg and I would say that when we look at like our peppered, um, existence and all of the, the things that we've done with our lives so far now that we're in our thirties, um, it's, it's a big mix of lots of big risks, lots of big failures, <laughs> And lots and lots of courage um, to stand in it. And, and the reason why we wanted to kind of have this conversation is because college students are coming into college with a ton of anxiety. And that anxiety kind of, it, it, it's stemming from two very important places. One of them is I have to be a top performer and maintain this top performance. Otherwise, everything is going to fall apart in my life. If I fail even a little bit, that's unacceptable. Failure isn't an option. Or I am terrified to take any risks. And so therefore, um, I'm not really living out my full potential. And I can feel that. And it's causing anxiety. So we wanted to have this conversation about failing forward <laughs> and how parents can kind of address some of these issues with their kids. So Greg, I, uh, talk to us a little bit about some of your big risks that you've taken in your career and through going um, through the process of going to different Ivy League schools. Tell our listeners some stories about some big risks that you take, you've taken and also some failures that you've seen along the way? Sure. I think for me, the biggest risk I've ever taken is walking away from something that was stable, but I was absolutely miserable doing. Hmm. Um, so many, I think, were sometimes 
so scared to try something new. Even if we don't like something, it's like, well, what happens with like the great unknown? And I think a lot of my students that I work with, and in a given week, I'll see between 40 and 50 students um, in my office is that they were so afraid of the unknown. And uh, I worked my butt off in college to get a job uh, in investment banking on Wall Street and then ended up in LA. And it just wasn't a good fit for me. And I kept going, I kept going, working 20 hour days, uh, working uh, seven days a week, traveling you know, six to nine months out of the year. And I hated it. And I was too scared to leave it until, um, and I'm, I'm very close with my parents. Um, and so I just didn't know what to do when I was 25. Uh, with, with respect to my career, I was miserable. It was really impairing my relationships. Um, and my whole sense of self-worth and identity had been wrapped up in my professional identity, which is something when it comes to failing forward, I think we just need to be very mindful of where someone goes to school, the grades they get is not who they are going to be in life. And parents, if you're listening to this, I think that's something to really stress because I have students that are so scared to apply to college and are even more scared of getting rejected because they think that's who they are. And I definitely fell victim to that. But um, I was scared to walk away. And the risk to walk away for me was to go to law school where I had a um, full tuition scholarship. So there was no <laughs> monetary downside besides walking away from, you know, an amazing salary that um, you know, I had earned through blood, sweat, and tears. But um, the risk was to go to law school and just do something different or to stay miserable doing something I hated. I took that risk. Uh, I, I took that risk to walk away, which was probably the hardest thing I've ever done because I felt like all 25 years of my life have been working to have this high prestige job that you know, it was just expected of me. And you know what? With that risk, it was a complete failure. Law school to me was worse than what I came from. And I got really depressed because I was like, wow, I took this risk and it did not work out. So if you're listening now, so you could tell the story about Greg took a risk and it worked out. No, no, it got worse. And you know what? That is fine because uh, I kept going with law school. I hated it from the first day. Um, I found the whole experience and the lawyers I was interacting with and my classmates and the professors, um, just quite frankly, like awful. <laughs> and uh, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to admit that because in my third year of law school, I was so fed up with some of my decision-making and I started finally becoming introspective and asking, why do I keep making these decisions? What am I really afraid of? And I, I realized I was afraid of failure. I was gravitating towards high prestige jobs that were not good fits because I thought that that was expected of me by my family, by my community. And when I finally realized that my fear of failure was leading me to make very poor decisions is that that's when I actually sat down and started writing my book because this, I said to myself, this is what I want to do with my time. And I don't care what people think if I'm going to, uh, try to start a business about getting into college if people think it's a stupid idea because the minute I started writing and I know that sounds kind of like cliche it just felt right and I had not felt right from a professional level at that point in my life and it was so liberating and I think had I not failed a couple times I never would have got there and so for me taking a risk and it being a complete and utter failure was the best thing that ever happened to me both with banking and with law school, especially 
because it got me to where I'm at now, which is I don't really mind waking up at 6 a.m. Uh, or staying at the office till 10 p.m., although I think everyone in my life doesn't like that, um, is that uh, I don't mind putting in these hours or working hard or revising things that if I would stay doing what I did, you couldn't, I would be so miserable. So for me, taking risk and them not working out was awesome. I um, I also had some similar, I in my career, I kind of like midway, I worked for Agency World and I worked for a billionaire foundation. And then I had this idea in 2008 to start this like online wedding magazine. It was called Paper Moon Weddings. And I started it as a, a Facebook page. It was like right when Facebook made like those business pages for the first time. And I started sharing wedding ideas that I was curating from different places. And before I knew it, I had 10,000 followers and built a beautiful website that had advertising, built it up to seven employees. And uh, it ended up being a kind of an epic failure. I was totally unprepared for what it looked like to scale a business of that size. Um, there were, I was spending money on the wrong things. I had too much overhead right away. I signed on for an office space that was way too expensive. <laughs> um, and also just like, like what was crazy to me. And when I look back on it is that my employees were really like sucking 99% of me. Um, they were supposed to be there so that I could do more, but <laughs> All I did was manage employees, and eventually, I was able to sell it out to a you know a larger conglomerate. But um, and and you know kind of make up my money. But but it was a painful like when I when I left um, Paper Moon and it was all said and done. It was painful. I felt like such a failure um, at that time. But now looking back, it was really like that epic failure. <laughs> um, it, it didn't actually cost me as much as I would, as I thought. And there's so many things that I learned about being an entrepreneur from that experience um, that I would never do again, that I, I know now what areas to be uh, a little bit more cautious on. And now I'm on my own again. I own BH Marketing Firm. I also have a company called Podcast Recipe. Dot com and I help people launch podcasts like Greg. And then sometimes I like them so much that I stay on their podcast. <laughs> no, actually that never happens only on this, <laughs> only on this podcast. But when it comes down to it, it fear, I, I know Greg probably can say this too. I face fear every single day as an entrepreneur. I have to look it in the eye and say, yeah, I'm totally afraid about what I'm doing. I'm afraid about the risks that I'm taking. I'm afraid that I might epically fail. I, I'm afraid that I might let somebody down. Um, I'm afraid that I'm taking too much on or I'm not taking enough on. Basically, fear is all over the place. And it takes a lot of courage to walk forward every day um, and own your, your best life. It, that is just the way it is. It's not that fear isn't there. It's not that risk isn't there. And it's not that failure isn't an option. Failure is completely an option for me. And it's completely an option for Greg. But what we do with that is what matters. And so this is where we get to like kind of um, the practical part of what we want to talk about. So um, I'm just going to kind of pepper some questions towards Greg. He works with high school students who are 
you know, they're brilliant, but they don't maybe see their brilliance just like I didn't. And um, they need to be kind of helped to take on some risks. So Greg, how can failing to take risks in high school hold you back? I think for as a co- the college counselor, this w- w- in me would say, failing to try out for something, whatever it is, deprives someone of the chance to really see what fits. Is that a lot of things in life is you don't know what it's going to be until you try and put yourself out there. And some stuff's going to work out. Some stuff's not going to work out. And the bottom line is if you don't, you know, put yourself at bat, you're never going to know if you're going to make it on base. And so I'm sorry, I use sometimes the cheesiest sports analogies, <laughs> but I work with tons of high school uh, athletes. And um, I, I would say is it's life is about trial and error. And um, the thing I say to every call it 14 year old to now I'm helping students apply to grad school and figure out life in grad school, 14 and up, let's just call it. And sometimes I have to tell this to myself. Sometimes I tell this to the parents of kids I work with is um, life's trial and error is you th- throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks and the stuff that's supposed to stick will stick. And I think what Becky just touched upon, which is really important is that, you know, you gain skills and experience and exposure and perspective from everything. And colleges are really looking for folks that have grit meaning that they can overcome. And you can't overcome if you remove every obstacle. So um, in, in your path, and whether that's the parent removing, oh, I don't want my child to be uh, disappointed, um, that's depriving them of the chance to gain the skills to overcome that disappointment. And if, if you are a student or a high school student or college student listening to this, um, it's a really great way to learn how to overcome and find something that's a better fit. So Grit, it, grit and passion are the two buzzwords in college admissions. So if you're thinking, well, what does this mean for my kid that I really want to go to Stanford is that they're looking for grit. And I have seen some fantastic essays about failure, about what do we learn from failure? Usually we learn more from failure. And, and Becky and I were talking about that before we started this is that neither of us would be in the position we are, whether that's good or bad right now, uh, without having learned or grown from past failure. So let's not be afraid of the other F word, which is failure. It's, it's okay. Um, it, it just give it a shot. So Greg, the second question I wanted to ask you is, cause I know you have a lot of, you don't just have conversations every day with, with students, you have conversations with parents too. So how can parents foster and foster and encourage risk-taking at home? Is always ask for the downside. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't win the student council election? The answer is nothing. What's the worst thing that happens if you try out for uh, a sports team that you're just really passionate about and, and you don't make it? Nothing. People, I always tell students, if they're saying, well, I'm worried that people are going to think less of me. Um, I don't know if I'm cynical or just as my perspective of students in high school, but most people are in their own little world and they, they don't, I think, take the time to ever realize if someone else like didn't crush it in, in life and whatever thing. So I have plenty of students who are just like, well, I don't want them to think I'm less of an athlete or less popular. It's like, that's not the way the world thinks about anyone else. Um, it's usually just internal. So um, it's something I talk about every year in spring is let's try out for student council. Even if I know the student has 
insecurities about uh, perceived popularity. It's just putting yourself out there and trying. I said, I have so many kids that say that they want to be entrepreneurs when they grow up and start businesses. And that we have to start building the skill of dealing with rejection. We've talked about that in uh, one of our first podcast episodes is that life goes on and we like you become stronger and better for that. Um, when the more experience we have with that. So I think that those are the types of conversations that parents should be having with students, which is what is the downside and have them say it. It, it, it sometimes no one likes to hear from their parent that, Oh, what's the worst that's going to happen. It's, it's asked that question. It's like, what will happen if you don't make it? And, 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 and ask and, and give your kids that opportunity to think about it because they're going to rack their brains. I see in my office, every time I ask this question, I see them searching for it. And then, and then they realize it's like, hmm, nothing. It's like, you're absolutely right. So our practical wrap up for this episode is when parents start having the conversation. Um, one thing that I think is really helpful is sharing stories of really successful people's failures. Um, almost every single really successful story has epic <laughs> failures that brought them to that point. Um, and so we're going to list a couple of those examples in the show notes of this episode of just really wildly successful people who have epic failure stories that brought them to where they are. Um, I actually think that there's a quote that I saw um, a couple months ago that was said something like, the next time you meet a really successful person, sit down and ask them about the painful road that brought them there. Um, because it's almost universal that really highly successful people walked very hard roads to get where they wanted to be. So start having the conversation and let failure be something that is celebrated and accepted in your home so that your kids are not anxious about taking risks and they're not anxious about failing if they take a risk. Um, encourage risk and failure. Maybe you start on a small scale um, instead of just going straight for running for student leadership, you start now by having your kids take some smaller risks and then seeing how that works and that can build up some confidence. Um, help your students see that it's part of their overall story and that you are in for the whole story. I wish that I had more people in my life when I was um, a teenager who were in for my whole story. Um, I felt like most people were in for the successful story of Becky, but they were not in for anything that wasn't successful. And so help your students see that you're in for their overall story and everything that they're going to be in their life. So thank you again. If you're ready to jump in and help your student navigate the process, there's two ways you can dive deeper with us. One is by, um, getting Greg's book, Earning Admissions. It's, it, it's available on, uh, on Amazon. You can also find a link to it in the show notes here, but it's Earning Admission. And that's Greg Kaplan with a K if you want to just search it in Amazon and get in your two-day prime box. Um, the second is download the Artist app. This app has everything that you need. It is your organizational guru for college admissions. So, um, get it now. It's, you can start it as early as um, age 13. So if you have an incoming freshman, this is the right time to get started with, um, with the admissions process so that it's not stressful. Uh, thanks so much for listening again. This is season one episode, something rather, actually, I don't remember. 
Uh, this is the Earning Emission Podcast with Greg Kaplan. You can learn more about the references from this episode by going to earningadmission.com or artistcollege.com. Um, or you can click on the description of the app application that you're using to listen to this and all of the notes, everything that we talked about is there. Um, if you are loving this show, please go on iTunes or Google play and leave us a review so that other parents can hear this, um, awesome podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks. Bye.